Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. And now, live on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app, it's Gabe Ramirez. Three. That's a magic number. Morell going to third. He will slide. He's got a triple. Gabe Ramirez right here on 670 The Score, broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Uh, it's going to be a good one today, leading you into deep ball basketball all the way to 645. So come hang out with me on your ride home, all right? Jaquan Brisker talked to Bernstein and Holmes earlier today. And the safety for the Chicago Bears thinks there are specific things that the team can do to elevate themselves in the division next season. What does he have in mind? Well, I'll have that audio for you after the trifecta. The trifecta, essentially, if this is your first time here, uh, these are the top three most interesting stories in my brain, what I think are interesting, and things that I'd like to share with you. So let's go ahead and get this thing started. Number three. So number three, yesterday the Bulls ended up beating the Charlotte Hornets. I was watching this one. It was boring. There are, I mean, I love the Bulls. Like I said, that's my favorite team in the city. I love the Bulls, but sometimes, geez, you're just like, you know they're going to win the game. You know what's going to happen. You're watching it. Like, they're up by a certain amount. And you're like, damn, do I really want to watch this whole thing? And then things kind of get away from the Bulls. They... they they do it to themselves, and they make it exciting. So the Bulls were up by seven heading into the fourth quarter. Then the Hornets took the lead about five minutes in, just by one. And then the Bulls came back, took the lead, and then didn't score for the last two minutes and 46 seconds. Think about that. They're up like five, six points at that, at that moment, and they don't score for the last three minutes after having a top turvy game. It's really frustrating. Uh, but this is the Bulls. This is the new-look Bulls. This is who we have. DeMar and Kobe, they both played 40 minutes in this one. Zach and Vooch came off the bench again. Uh, Vooch had put up some good numbers in this game. Oddly enough, Zach only had nine. Vooch had 21 and 10. Zach had nine points in 35 minutes. That says a lot. He was being super passive. You know how, like, you go to a ball, like, you go play ball, <clears throat> and maybe somebody's really good. But they're being really passive. They're passing with the ball. And you're looking at them and you're like, dude, look at our team. You're our scorer. Or, you know, look who's on the floor. You're our scorer. He's like, no, no, you guys want to shoot, right? Right? Remember you told me. Move the ball, right? And it's kind of annoying because you know that's the attitude behind it as opposed to being, like, in rhythm within the offense. Had a couple bad turnovers, too. They were just frustrating. But super passive yesterday. Kobe White, he had 27 in this one and talked about it after the win. It was a good one. 
Um, you know, we came in. Obviously, we had uh, just won a couple of days ago, so you know we knew they was gonna come in and, and compete, and uh, you know it was gonna be a tough one. Uh, you know, scary Terry, Miles Bridges. <laughs> You know those boys some dogs, so you know those hard. They hard to contain, and they got a good. They got a uh, got a good good group of young guys who can really hoop and who can really play. Um, and they play fast. They play you know downhill, and, and they shot out of the ball tonight. So uh, it was a tough win. It, it was a much needed win. Kobe out here talking like John Lucas, cursing on the radio more often than he should. Um, <laughs> did you guys hear that? That was wild. Uh, so Kobe White, 27 points in this one. Um, I, I love the fact that he hasn't shied away from being the man while Zach and Vooch have come back into the lineup. Kobe White, as I mentioned, 40 minutes or 41 minutes, almost 42. Shot 10 for 19 from the field, 3 for 7 from the three-point line. Six rebounds, five assists, no steals, no no blocks, but, you know, it's handling business. I really like that. And it makes me feel good about Kobe White. And, you know, he's from uh, North Carolina. Yeah, him, Patrick Williams. He talked about playing in front of his home state as well. Kobe, what's it like for you to come home and play in front of you? you got, I know you have peeps here and everything's going went well. What's it like to come back here and play? Oh, it's always a blessing. I'm blessed to come back to North Carolina and be able to play. Not every state has an NBA team, so for, for the people that supported me throughout my whole life to be able to come to the game, I don't take it for granted. Um, uh, they always supported me, and, you know, it's always been, it's always been love every time I come back. So, What a humble statement. I think... When I think about that and he says, like, hey, not every team, not every state has a team. Things you don't think about when you're from Chicago. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're from Chicago, you're like, what? Every team doesn't have, every state doesn't have a team? We're just like, wait, what? Ah, we're so lucky here. Oh, but it's really cool for his friends and family to get out there and really check out Kobe White. Love his growth. Love how, love what he means to this team right now. You always love guys like that. People you can get behind. Captain Kirk, Kobe White, stuff like that. So, uh, Bulls themselves, you know, they try to, you know, keep the momentum going. Got some tough games coming up. And I think the Bulls, you know, they got to hit a stride. I wonder what the team's going to look like when they finally reinsert Zach and Vooch into the starting lineup. They take on the Houston Rockets on Wednesday. Uh, and then Golden State come into town on Friday. That's going to be a good one. I know a lot of people are going to be looking for tickets to that. Number two. All right, number two story inside the trifecta. It is Gabe Ramirez here on 670 to score. It really is just the injury bug that's been floating around. That stood out to me. I mean, I feel like every story I was reading was just about someone being injured, right? TJ Watt for the Steelers. The Steelers always find a way to sneak into the playoffs and then lose, but but the fact that they lose TJ Watt just sucks. It's not that they were going to win anything anyway, but, you know, in the playoffs, you never know, man. You want to give a team an opportunity to win. TJ Watt is out. Staying in football, Sam Laporta is out. That's got to suck. Being a Bulls fan in the 2010s with Derrick Rose and such and having to deal with injuries to D-Rose, Lou Aldang, especially when you feel like your team is capable. Like, that's what sucks. So if you're the Detroit Lions and you feel like, man, we... Excuse me. Salud. A lot of times uh, you feel like, hey, man, you know, we're, we're close enough, we have a good enough team, and then an injury like that happens at the end of the season. But uh, them boys are going to be ready to play. You saw... A.J. Brown kind of got hurt at the end of the season. Jalen Hurts' finger. Did you guys see that? That that finger looked disgusting. I, I, I thought he was going to be out for until next year, and then obviously he's going to be around. And then in the NBA, the injury bug is no different. Tyrese Halliburton uh, from the Indiana Pacers, he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. Cade Cunningham from the Detroit Pistons, maybe not that that's going to help him, but the, the boy was putting up 40 points on that team. Uh, so he's going to be out a while. And then the shocker in the NBA is John Morant. 
I thought about this one. This is why this one stood out. Take that music down just a tad. I, I, the, the one for me was with John Morant was that I felt like it was Illuminati. <laughs> I know it sounds silly. But I'm like, John Morant doesn't play in the league, comes back as a baby distraction. Maybe the NBA was like, hey, listen, we're going to suspend you for the whole season. But here's what we're going to do. You're going to come back. You're going to play a couple of weeks. And then we're going to say that you got hurt in practice. And then you're just going to have to sit out the rest. And he's like, what? No, that's crazy. No, no, no. And they're like, yeah. Kind of like the conspiracy theories that talk about Jordan having to sit out that season because, you know, he was too indebted in gambling. This is one for me. At least that's what I thought about. But apparently, apparently, allegedly, John Moran uh, tore his label in practice. Practice. Not something that, you know. In practice. Oh, was that is that right? In practice. Closed doors. No media there, huh? But it sucks. You never want to see things like that. John Morant seemed like the uh, Memphis Grizzlies were really getting things going with Ja back in the lineup. So that's kind of suck. Kind of got to suck. I'm sure it's going to feel like a wasted season for not only you know his teammates, but the Memphis Grizzlies as a whole. Uh, so, man, steer clear of that injury bug. Don't want it to bite you in the butt, man. I don't know. Number one. And the reason why I'm talking about it is because I had a hyperextended knee. Never had knee injuries my entire life, ever. Still hooping at, you know, later in my life. Get a hyperextended knee, and I've, I've been out for like two and a half months. And then I look at Aaron Rodgers, like he was back from an Achilles tear in two and a half months. And I had a little baby hyperextension in my knee, and I'm still struggling with it. That's why I'm like, all these guys. See, that's what happens. All you guys that are listening right now, and ladies, that are early 20s, right? And you think like, oh, I, you know, hurt something, fill in blank. And you're like, oh, I just go to sleep, and I wake up, and I'm like Wolverine, and it feels better the next day. Yes, that's what happens in your 20s. And then in your 30s, what ends up happening is you start getting injuries that are similar to players that actually play professional sports. But yours happened while you were going down the stairs. And theirs happened while they were trying to tackle 280-pound grown men. So when you hear like, oh, an adductor strain, like from Vooch, that's what he was out for. I've had that. You know, Vooch got it playing professional basketball. You know how I got my adductor strain? Riding a fixie. It's riding a bike. You know, they got no gears, so you got to push hard. And so as I was pushing forward, what happened? Yeah, you're in your 30s, your adductor strain happens. And then you're reading the injury reports, and you're like, oh, yeah. And then, then you realize that they're, that they're not as bad as they sound, you know? Like, you, you'll hear somebody, oh, you got a, you know, a, a TJ Watt, MCL, grade 3 uh, strain, right? That's what I think I had. <laughs> but he's going to be back sooner than mine. Anyway, these are things, like I said, if you're in your 20s, this is what you got to be thinking about because this is certainly coming when you get into your 30s. All right, number one story. As mentioned by the sounder that just went off, Michigan won the national championship yesterday. If you were listening to Pete Futek on my show, he said it with such confidence. And when he and I, Pete Futek, College Football News, make sure you check him out, the, the website. He runs that over there. We used to do a gambling a show together on BeckQL Network. And every week he would tell me about these games that he thought were locked. Or not locks, but just, you know, he was like, oh, of course this game's going to win. This game's going to win. But you have to listen to the inflection in his voice and really pay attention to which games he actually thought were no-brainers. And he really thought I was an idiot for asking him about the game. And he came out with that same energy about Michigan and Alabama. I was like, Michigan and Alabama, all right, Pete, who you got? And he's like, Michigan, why are we talking about that? Let's go back to Justin Fields. Like, it's just like so matter-of-fact. He just knew that they were that much better than everyone else. And people that were asking me, I just told them I didn't know how good Michigan was. Because they made it so far you know, over the course of the last couple of seasons. And so you just thought that's what they were playing with. Same running back, you know, running back was hurt last year. But, you know, J.J. McCarthy there, 
defense good. Okay, defense is good. And you say to yourself, you know, this is what it should be. But, you know, nonetheless, Michigan wins. And uh, John Harbaugh had some really cool things to say after the victory. Sidney Leo Stoddard, John Harbaugh. Jim, when you think about what your mission was when you came back to Michigan, a Michigan man, which says means so much to you, what does this mean for Michigan football big picture in the modern era, the first undisputed championship? 15-0, uh, this is a spectacular team, and I would just say there are over 100, 100 Michigan men that are on this team in uniform tonight. And what they've done for the last 372 days is amazing. They're champions, simply known as national champions. Pull it down! Pull it down! We did that! We did that! John Harbaugh talking right there as if he's giving a goodbye speech. That's what it sounded like. There wasn't a lot of we in there. These guys, they trying to put the emphasis on them, which I understand as a coach, but also maybe letting them know, like, this team will live forever as a singular. Who knows what will happen there. All right, there's your trifecta, ladies and gentlemen. That's a magic number. Right here on 670, the score. What a game yesterday, too. 17-10 at the half, and I thought to myself, is this one going to get away from them when they couldn't pull off that fourth down? If you didn't watch the game yesterday, so it was fourth and three. They bring out the punt team. It looked like they were going to actually punt it. The team felt as though they were. Jim Harbaugh calls a timeout. They bring J.J. McCarthy out there. I felt as though in the second quarter of the game, there was very much like a Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson thing going on where Jim Harbaugh wanted to prove to everyone that J.J. McCarthy was the man. Or he wanted to, like, elevate his draft stock for a second. It was like, here, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're running the ball. We're going to dominate these guys. Here, J.J., get, get in the mix. Fourth and three, they don't convert. Washington comes down, puts the tutty up, 17-10 going into the half, and I thought, what is going to happen with the rest of this one? But as we learn, Michigan just uh, too dominant, all right? Uh, it is Gabe Ramirez. It is 670, the score. Uh, broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Breaking news. <laughs> Breaking news. Soda Imanaga uh, just got signed by the Chicago Cubs. I reportedly agreed to a deal per MLB Network's insider John Heyman. So, you know, a lot of people wondering, curious, what the Cubs were going to do. Uh, their biggest move of the offseason so far, the signing of Craig Council. And, you know, Marcus Stroman, you just heard rumors that he's been pushing to for a move to the New York Yankees. Everyone wondering, you know, what are the Cubs going to do with the rotation? How are they going to fix that? Sode Managa, the newest pitcher for the Chicago Cubs, being inserted to that rotation. I wonder what you guys think about that. Is that somebody who you feel comfortable about? Feel free to text in 312-644-6767. I mean, it has to be the first of of a a few moves that the Cubs are going to make. And reports had been coming out that the Cubs were going to be active this week. The dominoes were going to begin to fall. And clearly, people understood that the activity was beginning to ramp up for the Chicago Cubs front office. And, And here we are, again, breaking news. The Cubs signing left-handed pitcher Sode Managa, uh, according to John Heyman from the MLB Network. Big news here today. A lot of, lot of I mean, this is, this is major for the Cubs. Uh, needing a little bit of certainty in that rotation. Uh, someone that you can lock down and continue to build around. We know the young arms for the Chicago Cubs. 
are there people that have, have surprised and have performed well, but um, like them or not, you got you still have to replace the productivity of Marcus Stroman. And a lot of people were curious as to where that productivity was going to come from, but there you have it. Once again, Cubs, Soda Imanaga coming to the north side. Uh, Cubs reportedly agreed to a deal with the left-handed pitcher. We'll give you more updates and more information as they trickle in here to 670, the score. All right, before the trifecta, I promised uh, that I'd give you some audio. Jaquan Brisker was on with Bernstein and Holmes earlier and talked about specific things the Bears can do to elevate themselves in the division next season. Here is the Bears' safety talking about it. I feel like we were, you know, going in the right direction, which we still are. Um, so just being them, we just got to, you know, play our game. Um, that's the offense, defense, special teams, all as one. I feel like we weren't all as one um, on Sunday, and um, it showed. Those other games, defense getting takeaways, um, defense getting stops. You know, we're getting off on third down. Um, first and second down is going well for us. You know, this game, first down didn't go well for us, and then um, we didn't get too many stops on third down. We got stops on third down, but we didn't get as many you know, stops and turnovers like we wanted. Um, this game, then also just, you know, playing with that energy, that passion. I feel like we didn't have, you know, defensive-wise. And then uh, I thought special teams played great. Um, the punt and pin and certain punts that, you know, Trent gave us, things like that. But I just feel like um, we didn't play as one. Defense didn't get too many turnovers for the offense. I feel like as a defense, um, you know, we could create a lot more turnovers on our side and do what we can. So just moving forward, just, just um, playing our game like we know it. And um, you know, I feel like if we did, it would be a different result. Jaquan Brisker right there talking about the Bears and just, you know, what they can do to elevate themselves in the division. I think a lot of people are going to be anticipating that next year uh, with an Im- a continuously improved defense, uh, with an offense that has a good foundation. Yeah, we'll say that. An offense that has a good foundation and a coaching staff that uh, we will see if they, if they make their way back. Um, I wonder what our next guest thinks. If whether or not Eberflus will be back coaching the Bears, but but more importantly, you know, what 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 did he experience in that locker room? You know, the Bears did their final exit interviews and had their last meetings with the media at their lockers. But which player stood out the most with his final goodbyes? For that, we get to ask Chris Emma. Chris Emma joins us right after the break. Don't go anywhere. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on Chicago Sports Radio, six seventy the score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, 
You deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Here we go. And Japan's manager very confident of this young man. Shota Imanaga. Look, this is a guy who's going to feature a pretty good fastball, good riding four-seam fastball. But his biggest pitch is that split. Can he throw it enough times to get the hitters off the fastball? Nobody destroyed left-handers like Paul Goldschmidt did last year. Got it. That right there was a good split. That's a guy that's understanding, hey, I'm going to rush him up and in, and then I'm going to slow him down with the split change right there. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the newest member of the Chicago Cubs, Soda and Managa, pitching in the World Baseball Classic, where he was able to show off his stuff and really put him at the forefront of some of this, uh, this free agency for Major League Baseball. Cubs needing to uh, just really – reboot their their rotation and they get an opportunity to, to do so and as mentioned before you know breaking news on the 670 the score is presented by betql smarter bet start with betql download the betql app betql app or visit betql.com today of course cubs signing left-handed pitcher or reportedly signing left-handed pitcher soda in managa and to discuss the signing and just what could be potentially happening for the chicago cubs in the next couple of days we get to talk to mlb insider bruce levine bruce welcome to the show yeah, hi, Gabe. Uh, yeah, it's a good day for Chicago Cubs and their fans as they uh, bring in a uh, veteran pitcher from Japanese baseball who knows how to get people out and uh, to be around for a multiple-year contract uh, when it all shakes out after uh, the uh, medicals are all looked at and the uh, Cubs confirm the deal. When you're looking at Imanaga and just like last season, uh, uh, you know, in Japan, you know, 188 strikeouts, 160 innings, do you know, or what what pitches is he using to to you know get this the strike and and swing rate and miss rate? Well, he has uh, five pitches, but his major pitches are a uh, four seam fastball that he uses more like a changeup, a splitter, and a uh, curveball. His changeup is uh, he changes off of all of his pitches. In other words, he has multiple speeds that he throws at different pitches at. Gabe. Okay? So uh, <clears throat> the reality is is that. Uh, in baseball uh, parlance, he throws backwards, meaning that his primary pitches are his breaking pitches, off-speed pitches. His fastball is more like his changeup. It's a 91-92 topping out. For a left-hander, that's plenty good enough as long as you're not grooving it. So uh, the, the the question will be asked, the fly balls in Japan that are out, will they be home runs in the United States? because of more powerful players here in on major league teams and that we won't we won't have that answer until uh, may june or july of next year but nonetheless the cubs get themselves a, a veteran pitcher having pitched uh seven years in japan being on the mound for the world baseball classic championship last march for japan and uh somebody that uh can as you said hopefully add some quality innings for the Cubs in 2024. We're talking 
We're talking to Bruce Levine here on 670 The Score. Breaking news, Cubs signed left-handed pitcher Soda Managa uh, to a deal according to insider John Heyman uh, from MLB. Uh, you know, he has a, a 10, 10 strikeouts per nine innings, so we know he has, he has a swing and miss stuff. Um, but I think for, for me, Bruce, it was, just, it was just important for the Cubs to get a starter that they could insert into this rotation. Well, I mean, you need, you know, Jed Hoyer, the president of baseball operations, talked about at the winter meetings the fact that uh, you need length in uh, starting pitching. That, that doesn't mean just innings pitched by your starters. It means that you have multiple pitchers that are the ability to start games for you throughout a season, not just five. So uh, with this, uh, this gives some depth to the Cubs rotation as far as length. So you now have him to go along with Hendricks and Steele and um, the other pitchers that they have in the rotation uh, that they're moving forward with. You also have Drew Smiley, and you also have uh, Wesneski, who can be either starting pitchers or swingmen uh, in the bullpen. So, uh, again, talking about depth and rotation, uh, this gives uh, that to the Cubs as they move forward. Bruce, I'm looking at the, uh, you know, like you mentioned, you just rattled off some names for the, the uh, rotation for the Cubs and guys that could potentially contribute. Are you, does this make you feel good? I mean, are you, are you like, I mean, I know it was a need and they had to be there, but is this something that gets you excited about the upcoming season? Well, I don't know if you, you say excited about the season. The Cubs are, this is just another piece that the Cubs are going to have to make uh, a moves on this offseason. You know, it's been a slow offseason for not only the Cubs, but for a lot of teams in Major League Baseball because we were waiting along around for a couple months for, Otani to make a move, waited another month for Yamamoto to make a move. So these things are starting to happen now. The Cubs have to get themselves an everyday center fielder, an everyday first baseman, okay? They might get themselves a third baseman. They need bullpen help. So this is just a one in uh, many moves that the uh, Chicago Cubs will uh, make before spring training or before the beginning of the season. We're talking to Bruce Levine here on 670 The Score. Gabe Ramirez, uh, breaking news, as mentioned, Cubs signing Soda Imanaga, left-handed pitcher from Japan, uh, 30 years old, 5'11", 176 pounds, has a really good uh, strikeout rate per nine innings. Just uh, somebody that the Cubs certainly feel comfortable and, and excited that he is the first domino that continued to fall. You mentioned, Bruce, you know, some more signings that could be potentially happening. What does that, what does that timeline look like, though? Well, there is no timeline. Uh, you know, the timeline is opening day, you know, the end of March. That's the timeline. Getting it right is what uh, the Cubs have to do. Uh, as far as living up to media or fans' timeline, there's uh, there's no pressure on Jed Hoyer to uh, do that. You have the Cub convention this weekend. They'll be able to announce this. I think the next uh, important issue is to try to get Bellinger signed. They need him uh for the middle of the lineup, for center field, for first base, he uh, answers an awful lot of questions for you as far as what he brings to the table. We all saw it last year in the five out of six months that he played. Uh, he was he was injured for 30 days last year. So um, he put up some monster numbers for a guy that missed, missed 30 games. Um, 
hopefully they get something done with him in the near future, within the next, I would say, um, month. You know, no, no later than that, some, somewhere before spring training. And again, uh, this is a different equation than uh, signing uh, uh, Managa here. This, the equation here is you're going to commit somewhere between six and eight years for 25 to $28 million for Bellinger. And then you're going to make some moves forward for either another first baseman or a third baseman, either in uh, Reese Hopkins or Mark Chapman or, or Matt Chapman. Uh, those are other free agents out there that are uh, part of the uh, Boros offseason clients. So there, there's a lot of moves to be made. And, and don't, you, you don't, uh, you don't also uh, uh, take into consideration that um, you have to take into consideration that the, the uh, Cubs have um, young players that they can trade as well off of their uh, 40-man roster and from their minor league system. So I would say that you forget about what hasn't been done. You think about the fact that the Cubs will be busy between now and spring training. Bruce, I'm just curious about a guy like Cody Bellinger, right? I mean, it's been a long time now, right? And we know Scott Boris said he's in no rush. He'll wait things out. Why is he? Why do you think he himself is hesitant to come back to Chicago? Why has there been so much time? Oh, there's, he's not hesitant. Uh, he lets his agent handle his affairs. So his agent's job is to drum up business and to drum up uh, the most money and the most years that he can get for his clients. So, so you're confident uh, that he doing- wants to come back to Chicago? I'm sure he would, you know, all things being equal. Now, if you tell me that uh, Toronto offers eight years and $30 million and the Cubs uh, don't match that offer, then he'll go to Toronto. Uh, you know, if, if if it's more about money and years, uh, I don't think the Cubs will get into a bidding war past their comfort level. So, uh, again, this this is, Gabe, this is the free agent market right now. He is the best player out there on the free agent market. He is a player that the Cubs need being a left-handed hitter, a left-handed power hitter, a great base runner, an outstanding defender in center, an outstanding defender at first base. But that doesn't make the Cubs just throw stupid money at whatever the agent asks for. They do things in their own due diligence. They make sure that uh, they're not bidding against themselves uh, in a war. And right now, the uh, the bidding on Bellinger has been tepid as far as numbers of teams. It appears that the best bet would be that he would go back to the Cubs. As to how many years and how much money that is, that'll be something for the agent and for Hoyer to decide. But again, is it a slam dunk that he returns to the Cubs? No. Is it a probability that he should? Yes. Should, should, don't you think the Cubs should just put Bellinger and Hoskins in the same room since they have the same agent and just say, come on, let's do a nice little package deal. Let's get everybody done. I want all my guys here at the same time. Yeah, uh, great idea. You can throw <laughs> Chapman in there, too. Yeah, He's yeah. also uh, has the same agent. You want to uh, throw in a few more. Uh, he's, he's got that out there, too. Look, uh, baseball is a huge business. It's a $12 billion industry every year. And, uh, you know, uh, you have to look at Hoyer and his front office, give them the respect that they deserve, and and hopefully you get uh, out of it what you want as a fan and you have a 
team that's not only competitive but ready to uh, compete for a championship. Bruce, appreciate you jumping on as always and giving us the update on the latest signing. Okay, Gabe. Have a great night. Of course. Make sure you follow Bruce Levine so you can get all the updates. As mentioned, breaking news on 670, the score presented by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Cubs, according to John Heyman from MLB Insider, he said uh, Cubs are going to sign the left-handed pitcher, Soda Imanaga, uh, from Japan. As Bruce Levine mentioned, you know, a veteran guy, 30, played seven seasons already with Japan. And it's going to be interesting, you know, nothing that gets Bruce Levine too excited. But the first of, of many dominoes, that I know. I know my my uh, my group chats are going crazy. People are texting me right now. Shout out my brother. Shout out my cousin Red. They're the, they're the real Red Cubs fans in this one. Did you hear Cubs sign Soda and I? Bro, I'm on the radio talking about it right now. <laughs> Got to love your family. All right, uh, on the other side, uh, hopefully my cousins will continue to listen and my brother because we're going to talk about some Bears football. Uh, Chris Emma finally joins the show. Uh, so, again, during the exit interviews and the last meetings with the media, which players stood out the most during their final goodbyes? We'll find out next. Chris Emma joins the show after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What a difference a year makes. And what a crowning moment it is. For the first-year starter, Jordan Love, who led them to this victory today and into the playoffs. The oldest rivalry in the NFL, but it's the same old story now for a number of years as the Packers beat the Bears for a tenth consecutive time. We're back, live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Heads up, no more final calls when the Bears lose. Cool? Leo here. Sorry. I Because I, I know if I feel the way I feel right now after hearing that, and I felt like, you know, a couple of days have passed, got it out of my mind, thinking about the future for the Bears. And then I hear that cut, and I'm like, bro, do you, did I do something to you today? Yeah, that was a bad one. I'm sorry, did I guys. Did I say hello to you today? That's like playing the double doink. You know, I was at that game. I was at that game. I'm sitting in the – I'm sitting in the stands – and the Bears are about to kick the field goal. And I've just, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't watch. And I go down to, like, put my head. I'm drunk. I put my head in the seats. And I hear the crowd go, ah. Oh! And I'm like, I jump up. And I'm like, yeah. But remember, he made the first one because then they called the timeout. So I jump up and I'm like, yeah, because I knew he was going to make it. I was just doing it for added drama. And then I'm, they're like, no, he called the timeout. And I'm like, what, what? Like I said, I'm drunk. I'm like, oh, man. Duh. So then they go, and I'm like, dude, I got to get down. And before I could get myself all the way down, I hear the doom, doom. Oh, <laughs> I turn around because I, I hadn't had a chance to, like, you know, get in the, 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 the spot. And then sure enough, we know what happened uh, next. Uh, but, you know, we're trying to avoid fates like that in the future. And that's why we get to talk about 
uh, this Chicago Bears team, how healthy that future looks with our next guest. Uh, he covers the Bears for us here on 670 The Score as well as Marquee Sports Network. Good friend of the show. Chris Emma. Chris, what up, man? Gabe, what's good? Uh, you know, hanging in there, I'm thinking about this team, and I'm like, I'm like, I, I feel good about everything that I've I've heard, but there's just so many, so many variables that we have no like we have no idea that what's gonna happen with this team. This team could look completely different next year. Uh, but before we get to that, because I do want to talk about that with you, uh, talk to me about these, you know, these players and, and what they look like in the locker room as you were saying or talking to them for the last time in the season. It's always an interesting vibe at the end of a season. Now, this is my ninth year covering the team. Only one of those seasons, I guess two if you want to count 2020, they they did make the playoffs. And you, you're in those locker rooms after the end of these seasons where you're playing for pride. And it, it's a mix of silence because they really wanted that one. They felt the emotional buildup of trying to knock off the Packers and finish this year on a high note. But there's also a lot of hugs, handshakes, you know, guys checking in on each other before they head off for the offseason. And... You hear coaches and players say it all the time is that the next year's team is so much different from the last year's. And it really is true. These guys are really tight for six months together, working together every day, and you build these relationships. And then a guy can be cut the very next day or, you know, you end a season and somebody's like, you're losing dozens and dozens of teammates. And so <clears throat> there's a little bit of that vibe there. But there was a, a clear level of dejection and sorrow in a way for the fact that they were so emotionally spent into finishing off the season strong. And initially it was that goal of let's win out and get to nine and eight. And then you lose that game in Cleveland and you're playing for bleak playoff hopes. And ultimately to this team's credit, they were still fighting and invested down the stretch and they wanted to go into Lambeau field and win that game. And they felt a level of pain that reflects the investment that they had. Yeah. And I mean, obviously you expect the team to feel like that, but it was good to see some emotion or at least, you know, you can report for some emotion from these players. Was there anyone that stood out to you, Chris, as you were walking through the locker room and just maybe someone that seemed a little more sad than usual, maybe a little happier than usual, anything like that? No, I don't know if there's anybody in particular. I, I mean, I think maybe the answer is probably Justin Fields. You know, it's you observe him after these games, and he's not the kind of guy who's slamming stuff down or really truly hanging his head, but you can see – you you sensed it from him, really the build-up to the, this final game for him of this third season and uh, the emotional reflections that he's had of understanding that nothing's guaranteed and he can't control really anything more than his own personal play. And uh, hearing from him in that press conference, and, and he offered his goodbye, if it is indeed goodbye, as he said his last rodeo, it, it very well might be the last rodeo for Justin Fields. And I know he wanted to go out there and make a statement. It would have been a great performance for him if he could go out there and beat the Packers and really end this pivotal year for himself on a high note. But now he goes into the offseason kind of wondering what's next. Chris, I'm curious what your thoughts are about, you know, the future of the Bears, you know, specifically at the quarterback position. Because, you know, when we talk during the season, you do a really good job of being respectful to the gig and, you know, the moment and, you know, really allowing yourself time to evaluate. But here we are at the end of the season and, you know, now we, we we can have a little bit of fan in our opinion. And I'm, I'm curious, you know, just you and your heart of hearts, like, like you know, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, uh, my perspective of this is I reached a point at which I'm comfortable bringing back Justin Fields and investing around him. He, he proved it to me if I'm the general manager. I feel like I'd be ready to trade that number one pick. You want to, in my perfect scenario, you thread the needle down to pick number two. You get Marvin Harrison Jr. You get a haul back from a team looking to get a quarterback. However you want to pull it off. There's so many ways you can go about it. 
I'm comfortable with Justin Fields at this point, and I do believe in his future. But at the same point, I, I've not been able to get on the road like my polls and his scouts have and get to know Caleb Williams and truly dig in. Like That's one of my offseason projects once the dust settles on this coaching situation and whatever comes next is really watching every one of Caleb Williams' games and getting to know him as a player. And then ultimately, you start talking to people around him. You put your reporter hat on. You speak to coaches, teammates. What's he like? What's he going to bring? Is he somebody who can handle the spotlight of being QB1 in Chicago and these huge expectations? And ultimately, you get to the combine at the end of February, and you get you get to talk to a lot more people, and you get to talk to Caleb Williams. And I'm really fascinated now because – I put Justin Fields on a high pedestal at this point, and I believe that he can be QB1 for this team and that franchise quarterback that Chicago's long looked for. I want to see how Caleb Williams measures up now. Like, And Ryan Poles is going to use the words whenever he comes out and speaks and says, I need to be blown away to make that move. Caleb Williams can blow you away. Like, he's fabulous. He's fantastic. He's got incredible arm talent, really great outside the pocket. So many things to love about his game. I need to check all the boxes in terms of the makeup and the individual behind the talent to really feel comfortable about that. And Ryan Poles and his brass have to make that decision as well. The good thing is you don't have to make this decision for <laughs> two months. Yeah, you got yeah, time. You yeah. can really invest yourself in it. I know there's been such a intense focus here in Chicago about what's going to happen. Look, Justin Fields made this decision difficult. That's part one of it, and that's excellent news. Now we got to do part two of it, which is not just Caleb Williams, but Drake May, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix, uh, all down the line. I mean, there's so many great options in this draft. And at the very least, in my opinion, if I'm in charge, I really like what Justin Fields did, and I want to see if somebody can top him in terms of uh, makeup and potential. Yeah, I mean, I love I love that answer, Chris, right? Doing your due diligence, you know, like not jumping t- too far ahead, but understanding where your mind's at right now with this team and what you're comfortable with. And, you know, keeping Justin, you know, I, I get it. I, 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 I understand it, why somebody would do that if that's what Ryan Poles ends up, ends up doing. But, you know, when you watch the game on Sunday, right against the Packers, a team that, you know, is at the bottom end of that, that playoff hill, you know, the Bears were clearly the inferior team uh, on Sunday. Where do you think... Uh, where, where, what, where do you think if had the Bears had some talent, they would have then ended up on top? Where, where, where is that for you? I mean, they're missing that guy opposite DJ Moore. And even DJ Moore is kind of asked about it yesterday as he cleaned out his locker. As the question was phrased to him, what would it do for you to have another DJ Moore on the other side? And his eyes kind of lit up. And you can call that other DJ Moore Marvin Harrison Jr. if you want, because obviously that's there on the table for you. Like, what that would do for Justin Fields in this offense to truly open up the explosive plays. Well, we heard so many times from Luke Getze and Justin Fields, we need to get the explosives unlocked. It's they never figured it out. They never got to a point where they were consistently doing so. And I, I think it's pretty clear that they need to upgrade their personnel in another offseason here. That Ryan Poles looked at this as a three-year plan, and now it's year three. Now, now it's time to really form this team as a true contender and a team that can go out and win a championship next year, which has to be the goal. You know, you put this team through two years of rebuilding, and you have to have the right talent around Justin Fields if he is coming back, or certainly the right structure for a prospect like Caleb Williams. And I think you're missing that true receiver opposite DJ Moore who opens up that offense even more. And, you know, I'll be frank, too. Luke Getz's play, play calling in, in the game plan did not fit what you needed to do. It, it looked like that week one game plan against the Packers where – he was scared to take those chances. They don't have a lot of faith in Justin Fields fighting against his zone coverage like you're going to see from the Packers where they take more chances against man. And Justin Fields has been successful against man. He struggled against zone. 
I didn't see a lot of innovation that really said to you, we believe you can, you know, 18 weeks from that opener, we believe you're going to be better against this coverage there. It was the same kind of conservative game plan that we've seen too many times. And, and look, I, I think there's going to be, they're doing some thorough evaluations on this coaching staff right now. Uh, Luke Getze is going to be at the forefront of that, whether it's Matty Bufus being retained or whether it's Matty Bufus letting go of his OC and Luke Getze. It's, there's going to be decisions to be made in terms of whether it's Justin Fields, Caleb Williams, whoever it may be, what kind of offense in the scheme do we need to move forward with up at Hallis Hall? And I, I think those evaluations are really ongoing right now. So, Chris, you know, season's ending for you. I mean, I know obviously the draft is right around the corner, so you're going to be, you know, ramped up in high gear pretty soon. But, you know, what does this part feel like? Is it like a, a, a nice, like, like deep breath let go for you because the season's actually over? Do you eat Cheetos and sleep? What do you do? Like, what's going on now? Dude, I wish, man. I mean, my soul is just been, there's so much going on. So I, we don't know if the head coach is going to be back yet or not. Like, yeah. it's just been, yeah. it's been crazy for, you know, since getting back from Green Bay and going straight to Hallis Hall yesterday. Uh, I've been waiting for a text, a call, an email, whatever it might be. Uh, we don't know when there's going to be a press conference. And Matt Eberflus himself said on Sunday night, uh, he may not know about his clarity in his job future until midweek. And, we're Tuesday right now. We're two days into this offseason. There's been complete silence out of Hallis Hall. Been no public indication of Ibrufus' future. Uh, I think everybody, myself, along with all my colleagues in the local beat and the national beat, have been you know, trying to get inroads on what's going on. And it's just been silence because nobody truly knows at this point. They're still forming a decision. This offseason is going to be very busy. It's going to be very active. And ideally for the Bears, however this takes shape, it's going to set themselves uh, on a course to be a sustained success team and to be uh, a contender long term, you you got to get these decisions right. And there's one that's kind of being made right now that's going to really set course for 2024 and well beyond. A lot of pressure on the Chicago Bears to get this thing right. Uh, it'll be interesting what happens, uh, Chris. But I hope you find some time to get a like I don't know a table for one or sitting at the bar, Swift and Sons, you know, steak by yourself or something like that. Man, find find something. You deserve it, bro. Great season for you. I appreciate it, buddy. Take it easy. Chris Emma, make sure you follow him on Twitter. Get all the updates, as he mentioned. Ear to the ground, like an old Puerto Rican lady trying to figure out all the bochincha in the NFL. What did you hear about Justin Fields or Lou Getze? I like it. Got to do your research. Got to do it right. You heard what he said. You heard how he preps. Those are the people you got to pay attention to. All right. Uh, I want to talk some Bulls basketball. I'm actually, it says Gabe Ramirez, 670 to score, leading you into deep hall basketball. That's starting at 745 pregame. Uh, I'm leading you right into that. We're going to talk to Matt Verderam about the Bears and Justin Fields, who he's a big fan of. Be interesting to see what his thoughts are. That's going to happen on the middle of the 7 o'clock hour, right around 7.20. Uh, but when we come back, um, what is this Bulls team going to look like uh, once this rotation gets put back together? Uh, we're going to discuss the Bulls on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez on the score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.